Hello, and welcome to Scary to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. Did I fool you? I'm not Shelby. I'm someone who is rather fond of her. I think she is brilliant, creepy, and super cool. I am a super huge fan from Canada. My name is Alexei. Just wanted to see if I could send Shelby a little creepy voice note. Um, not a weirdo, promise. Again, Shelby, massive fan. You are fantastic. I love the show. I always listen every Friday. It's in my calendar. Um, can't wait for more scary episodes. Now, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. Thank you, Alexei. You did creep me out. It, it, <laughs> that one sat with me for a while. Your little, um, did I fool you? Really got me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of Scare You to Sleep. Thank you, Alexei, for introing the show for me. Um, as you heard, I'm Shelby Scott, and this is the questions and answers episode, listening to your voices, where you've left, left me voice notes. So many of you left me so many amazing voicemails. I'm going to have all the questions up top, and at the end will be the ones that are a little bit different or don't necessarily have like a clear question, and we'll go into those. So, here we go. What happened? You, you hardly record anymore. Is there a problem? I thought you'd be more prolific at, on, at this location. So this is one I got a while back. Uh, this is from someone named Rock Kaplan. Hello, Rock, if you're listening. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean that in the uh, most respectful way. This I got this back when I moved to Spotify exclusively, and I set up the voicemail way back then, but I didn't advertise it that much, and so this person clearly found it at, in my show notes. And the only way they could have found it is if they were listening to me on Spotify, where I have uploaded every single week since I've started with Spotify, including bonus episodes. I know I've slowed down on the bonus episodes, but here we are. Here's a bonus episode. So I don't, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't know if you thought that maybe I would be uploading like more, like twice a week, or I really don't know how to answer this. But I wanted to play it just so I could let you know I'm I'm confused. Maybe someone out there can translate to me what rock means. Because uh, here I am, once a week, sometimes more. I'm sorry? <laughs> anyway, next question. I was really sad to hear that you weren't going to continue the guided nightmares. I think they're the best thing in the world. They give me that soothing sleep with, you know, guided little bits of meditation. While also still giving me that creepy chill and, you know, scare before bed. And I absolutely love them. They're so fun to listen to and extremely relaxing. I really hope that you keep doing them on Tuesdays. I'm really looking forward to some more. So this uh, person, I think you left the name or the 
AD as the name. So AD, I am not stopping the guided nightmares. Uh, I don't believe I ever said that. I think maybe you got confused because I said I would be, they would be more um, sporadic, which clearly I use the term sporadic very, um, well, let's just say I know it's been a long time since my last guided nightmare, but I am not stopping them. Oh, thank you, neighbor. I'm not stopping them. I am just uh, suffering from writer's block, to be completely honest with you. They're really difficult to write. Uh, I know they're short, but I really take a lot of care and time. Even when they were on Patreon, they were came out pretty infrequently, and it's because I really take the time to mold and try my best to really make every instant feel like you're there. And I don't like to, I try not to break the fourth wall. I try to keep you immersed. And it's just something that I work really hard. I am writing one currently. I have it probably halfway done. Um, and I have an idea of where it's going, but this one, the location has been kind of difficult to get an exact. Anyway, it's, this is all boring to all of you. You don't care about my process. Uh, but they're not going away. They're not going away. I am just a very slow writer when it comes to my guided nightmares. I apologize, but they're not going away. I think you just misinterpreted what I said when I said they were going away for now, because those were all nightmares that I had stocked, ready to ready and raring to go because they were from Patreon. And so those were two years worth of nightmares that I had to just put out. And I think there were six, seven, um, And that was two years worth. So you can see how slow I am at writing them, unfortunately. I wish I was a quicker writer. I could write them faster if I sacrificed the immersion. And I don't want to do that. So anyway, they're they're not going away. They're here to stay forever. Um, And I am writing one right now. I already said all that. All right, next question. What is the weirdest object that you have had to use to make certain sounds in your show huh I think because some of the objects it's like when you see them and when you use them in the context they're supposed to be used in they're not weird but using them for sounds especially when you know behind the scenes what actually goes into some of the sounds I use on my show it's like oh that is weird I've used old Chinese food uh, cranberry sauce I think I posted that video uh, I have a three-pound bucket of slime that I use. Uh, the weirdest ones for me are probably whenever I need to use my own mouth, um, like for eating sounds or some. a lot of most, if not all. No, it's not all, but 90% of the monster sounds you'll hear, like a monster growling or making like noises, it's usually me. 90% of the time, it is me making weird sounds with my mouth that then I I edit using, you know, different effects and things. Um, And I think the weird, they they weird me out a little more because I, I told you in the past that I use, I post, used to post all my sounds for free on freesound.org. All the ones I used to have are, they're still there for free if you want to download them. And uh, there's several of me like eating things and chewing on things. There's one that's a full length me brushing my teeth. And there's just something that feels vulnerable about the fact that for free, and they've been downloaded lots of times, all of them. And it's like, there's just so many people out there who have heard me 
like chewing on toast or eating a pickle or (laughs) brushing my teeth. And so I think for me, it's anything that has to do with my own mouth. Do you ever listen to your own podcast? Um, not really. I, the thing is, by the time the show gets to all of you, I have already listened to it several times through editing. Um, I'm a, I'm a pretty particular editor, so I go over it a lot. I don't want to be, I don't want to be caught, you know, repeating sentences over and over and which I've caught myself doing something I'll probably have you know recorded something went to get some water came back and forgot I actually left off on the sentence after and so the sentence before things like that so I've already listened to my show several times I will listen to it again usually if it's my own story and that's because I feel a more personal ownership over the story so I listen to it you know over and over again like my own little baby and um I've listened to it because I've had other people want to listen to it while I'm in their presence, like my parents while I'm in the car or something, or I'll ask them to because I'm like, oh, this new one has my story. It's usually when it's my story because I get really excited. I'm like, listen to this story I wrote. Um, So not really, though. I on week to week, I really don't. Well, I guess that's like I said, it's kind of not true because I have listened to it a bunch of times, but I don't, I think what you mean is, do I go back and listen to it? Like if I'm driving in the car or listening to podcasts, you know, just casually on my own, I don't, I don't. Um, I know some people who do, which is cool. I have nothing against that. I just, I just don't, I don't know. But thank you for the question. Hello. So glad that you're listening to my voice. You know what? You better not look up. It's a bad idea. I got this one while my husband was out of town, and believe me, Angelica, I did not look up because I was terrified. Thank you. How many original stories um, are you sitting on right now that you're just waiting to finish to be able to perform on the show? I'm sitting on about three stories right now. Um... If you were part of my Patreon in the before days, I previewed a couple of them. I've added, I think, one more to that. But um, so if you remember those, I'm working, I'm still working on the other two. Um, For those who don't know, I had a few stories I was sitting on. I didn't know which one to finish first, so I read what I had had written already for my patrons and had them vote on which one I should finish. And the one that won that little contest turned into God Will Provide, the story I released in December about the Dust Bowl. And um, I don't want to give any spoilers, but it is about the Dust Bowl. It's called God Will Provide. That's what the episode is called as well. Um, So I'm I'm sitting on a couple. And for those of you who remember the other ones, um, I'm hoping to finish those soon. Hey, Shelby. It's Brittany Bond again. Um, I kind of have a two-part question for you, um, if it's okay. First, you're really good at, it seems, like, relaxation techniques and stuff. What is it that you like to do that helps you de-stress and relax when you're feeling really full of anxiety? Um, I hope I worded that okay. I'm really bad at talking. (laughs) Also, um, I guess a lot of us suffer from, like, depression and stuff. So, I I guess, what is your favorite thing to do 
or or what's the best thing for you to do when you're feeling depressed to kind of just let it out or help you feel better or cope um god i hope those made sense thank you bye hi Brittany. those made total sense um so yeah, I do. I, I've talked about how I suffer from anxiety and depression, as do so many of us. I think probably a lot of us who, or a lot of you who listen to the show. Um, what I do, I have a few things I do. Uh, I don't have any go-tos. I'm not a professional. This is just what I do. One thing that's helped me a lot is ASMR, and I know that doesn't work for everyone. Some of you it it literally hits you in a way that makes your anxiety worse. So I know it's not for everyone, but it's personally for me, it's really helped. Um, in fact, when I'm editing the show in between, in between editing, um, sometimes I get a little like anxious about where the show is going or if I don't have any ideas and I'll literally just like throw in some ASMR and it helps a lot. Um, baking and cooking is another thing. I talk to you all about my baking and cooking a lot. I've had a lot of people ask me to start like a, a uh, online little like baking show or cooking show and to be honest it's my one hobby that I've never like monetized you know in this day and age we tend to take our hobbies that we're good at and feel the need or even the not even just the need sometimes it's like a survival thing to monetize them and I just, I feel like I want to keep baking and cooking to myself. I'll always share recipes. Always. I will always share recipes. But that's like my quiet time. I'll put on a podcast. I'm just in the kitchen by myself. Um, It probably sounds selfish, but I love cooking alone because it really does help me quiet my brain. Um, Other than that, like, like I said, ASMR, guided meditations. That's where I got the idea for guided nightmares because I knew that I had a love for horror and horror books and movies and podcasts and they always actually helped calm me instead of making me more anxious and I was like and also these guided meditations are helping as well what if I could combine them would that be crazy and I thought it was crazy and I released it and it was crazy because so many people hated it at first and now that my show has grown I've found such a large audience for them and people who really appreciate and benefit from the guided nightmares so I found my people. So I hope that helped. I know that you kind of ended your question the same way. Uh, you weren't sure if it would make sense. And I hope mine makes sense and helped at all. You know, anxiety techniques are very personal. So are depression techniques. And I think depression goes hand in hand. Those are the same things that help. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's a matter of... Uh, waiting it out a little bit uh when I was going through my really bad days recently uh I mentioned it was kind of a chemical thing it was a medication thing so it was kind of like waiting on things to click in my brain a little bit so you know sometimes uh getting some fresh air isn't gonna help and that's okay it's you you just gotta find what works you gotta find the light at the end of the tunnel and I know people with depression and anxiety sometimes it's like poison hearing people say just get some fresh air just watch your favorite movie just do that just do that it'll help and sometimes it just doesn't and then you feel like there's something wrong with you because it's not helping and there's nothing wrong with you um uh, I don't know what else to say okay next question <laughs> 
have you ever gotten nightmares based upon a story you've read in this podcast? Yes, I have. Uh, the latest one that I really remember is the story, Can I Come In? That was loosely based by the author on the actual case of Kanika Powell. If you haven't looked up Kanika Powell's case and you're interested in true crime, I highly recommend it. It's um, horrifying. What, ha- what happened to Kanika was awful. And that story really, really got to me. I mean, it sat with me for days. It got into my nightmares. The thing is, for the most part, I don't get nightmares from the stories, to be honest. I listened to them so many times. Um, I'm, I'm editing them. They become almost a part of my brain, so they don't really give me nightmares. But that one, I woke up, I, I get night terrors sometimes, and not from the show, but I just have, like, my whole life, I don't know why. I'm sure a therapist would have a field day with why. But uh, I woke up screaming several times, my poor husband. Uh, he had to shake me awake or just deal with me screaming in my sleep and that story did it it did it and I knew that it was directly related to the story I'm not going to go into what my nightmares were because for one that would be boring and two they're very personal it had to do with people that you don't know and I know and we're not going to talk about anyway (laughs) that um so yeah can I come in can I come in is let's move on Do you play video games? And if you do, do you have any favorite horror video games? I do play video games. I love video games. I made a little list of... Okay, I love horror video games. Love them. But I really love games that are, like, atmospheric with touches of horror that really, like, get under your skin that aren't necessarily all jump scares. Like, I love the Resident Evil series, but let me give you a list of some. I made a little list. Sorry for the clicking noises. So, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, great one for, like, atmospheric, not, like, jump scares, just really creepy. So is What Remains of Edith Finch. I played both of those on PS4, but I'm sure you can get them. I I know they're both available on different platforms. Um... PT. I actually have a PS4 for those of you who know have knowledge of that whole uh, mess of a story. I still have a PS4 with PT, which stands for playable trailer, on my PS4, and I still try to play it by myself, and I still cannot. But I stand by that that is one of the scariest games, even though it's not a full game. One of the scariest games, probably the scariest games ever created, ever. There was another company that was supposed to be doing a game really based on PT since PT never got made. Um, but then that fell through as well. And I'm really sad about it. And I would just wish someone would revisit it. I I wish they would make amends or something, but anyway, also if you don't have a console or a PC, there are a series of games called the room on, uh, for mobile devices. And those are so atmospheric, so creepy. They're, they're those games that you just like, if you play in a dark room, like again, like they're not jump scares, but they just get to you and they will creep into your dreams. And there's a whole series of them. I believe there's four or five on mobile, but they also have a VR version. And my husband happened to get a VR headset uh, for Christmas. And I've been playing the VR version and that is terrifying. Like I can only play it for so long. I played it in like a darkened room to make it even creepier. So it's like, even when I took the headset off, I was like in the dark. It was, it was so creepy. Um, 
those, so that's my list. Uh, Vanishing of Ethan Carter, What Remains of Edith Finch, The Room, and P.T. Again, those I know I know gamers are going to come for me and be like, those aren't even scary. But um, I like them, and they still give me that, that horror feeling in a less obvious way. So that's my answer. <laughs> Hi, Shelby. Your podcast has been such a lifesaver for me to help me fall asleep. Thank you for all you do. I have been curious about a few things, so I have two questions for you. First, where are some good resources to find old, scary books? I especially love true tales with old pictures. Any kind of creepiness will do. Uh, Secondly, when you read stories from authors out of books, what is your procedure for copyrights or permission to read the story? I know if readers submit, then you have them fill out some kind of form. But do you have to do the same thing when you just find a random story from an old book? Or can you just cite the book in your notes and all is okay? Thank you so much for taking the time to answer my questions. And I think you are so beautiful inside and out. Okay, this is an excellent question. First, I'm going to answer the copyright one and get that out of the way because that's the (laughs) more technical part. Um, so I tend to only read books, uh, from books and stories that are in the public domain. And according to us copyright law, if you're in a different country, I have no idea how it works. Um, 70 years after the death of the author, or if it's a corporate authorship, 95 years from publication, uh, that's when copyrighted works enter the public domain. That's why, um, like on Patreon, I was able to just read all of Frankenstein. Not that I finished it. I know. I'm sorry. Um, and that's why you see a lot of, like Barnes and Noble, a lot of the classics are just like reprinted every single year with different covers because no one actually owns them. They're just printing them. Um, that's why you see a lot of movies as well that are a lot of classic works from all different studios because no one actually owns those stories anymore and you're just free to make Dracula and Frankenstein and uh, Jane Austen as many times as you'd like. Um, so that's that. Um, and when it comes to finding old books, I... I like visiting antique stores and um, thrift stores and uh, used bookstores. I also, if there's like certain books that I'm absolutely looking for, like the uh, there are certain series that I like to collect, um, then I will look on abebooks.com, thriftbooks.com. The only thing is I believe thriftbooks.com is now like... <laughs> shadily owned by Amazon, but they don't advertise that. I think I I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, so if you're looking to buy smaller, I would go to like eBay if you're looking for specific things, but if you're just looking for like general, just scary books, honestly, just I antique stores usually have books that they use to decorate with. Like they'll, they'll be selling like an antique bookshelf or something and they have old books on it and they're kind of using them as decorations, but they're also for sale. Um, I will sit for hours at antique stores, just combing through the books. Um, my, because one of my favorite things is to find books with inscriptions in them from the previous owners. Um, I have some incredible inscriptions in mine, especially, um, 
children's books this is like off topic of horror books but children's books children often would put their addresses in their books in the early days before before stranger danger they would put their addresses in their books i guess they in case they lost them and you can like look up their addresses and see like what's there now and it's pretty cool but yeah i would go to antique stores thrift stores um thrift stores generally have newer stuff but if you're looking for old old stuff antique stores and just look at all their decorations because i think a lot of times if you're not into old books like i am you kind of just glance past them because they look like decorations but they're not they're for sale and um yeah that's my answer hi shelby this is jenny and my question is what are your favorite types of scary stories so you know what is it about a a certain story that just immediately draws you in and makes you think, ooh, this is going to be a good one. I love the podcast. Bye. Thank you, Jenny. Um, my favorite are really classical, like, ghost stories. If it starts out with a spooky, creaky old house and, like, a mysterious death that you see a beautiful woman on the stairs and she's looking for something or like a man in a study and he's his ghost is always seen searching this desk or um anything with like a great ghostly lore and something forlorn and like just really classic ghosts and creaky floors and spooky fireplaces i I love it. Can't get enough. I really don't think we have enough classical haunted house movies these days either when it comes to horror movies. I I love them. I love it. Like The Haunting, um, the original, and the one from, I think it was 1999. I still remember going to the theaters to, seeing that one, to see that one. Oh my god, I'm dating myself. Uh, but yeah, I love haunted house stories and haunted mansion stories. Ugh, can't get enough of them. Hi, Shelby. My name's Simone, and I live in Alberta, Canada. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your show. Listen to it every day. I take a two-hour bus ride to work and back, so I always look forward to that now because I get to listen to your show on the bus. Um, I have a podcast here at the library I work at, Spruce Grove Public Library, called Behind the Stacks, and you can find it on Spotify if, if you wanted to have a listen. And I'm just wondering if you had any advice on how I could get the word out to um, get more listeners for it, because I, I think we do a pretty good job. It's a, it's a fun show, very informative, and any tips you could give would really be appreciated. So thank you, and thank you for all you do. You are an amazing artist, and I love your stories. Hi, Simone. I will definitely go listen to your podcast. A library podcast sounds incredible. <laughs> sounds right up my alley. As for spreading the word about it, I do have some tips, uh, some things that I've personally used over the years, um, especially before I was with Spotify when I was all on my own. Um, I think one of the most effective ways to get the word out is promo swaps. Uh, basically, in for those of you who listen frequently, you've noticed over the last part of March and all through April, I've been featuring different trailers for other shows at the top of my show. And it's because I reached out to different podcasts who I thought would be in, have, have shows that are, that I think would be interesting to my audience. And I asked, Hey, do you want to do a promo swap? I just, you just look for their contact information or reach out to them on social media. Um, 
you swap trailers. That's not the only way to do it. You can also swap, like I've, I've reached, I've in the past, I've seen a few shows who prefer, um, like instead of playing trailers, you send them some, like a sheet of information about your show and they'll kind of talk, speak to it um, from the host's own mouths, you know, and it uh, integrates a little better into their show. So you just figure out which way that that show prefers to swap promos, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think that's a great way to get the word out about your show. Also, um, reaching out to people to be guests on your show and vice versa. Uh, shows like mine, it's always been a little difficult because it's hard for me to offer a trade-off because I don't have guests on my show. So that has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, so whenever that happens, say your show doesn't feature guests, whatever, what I've done in the past is I'll be a guest on someone else's show who does have guests. And then I will in turn, uh, you know, play their promo on my show or speak about their show and speak about my guest spot at the top or bottom of my show and talk about their show and sort of, you know, give a good, a good advertisement for that show. Um, again, personally I only reach out to shows that I think would fit with my audience just because I never want to be disingenuous you know I don't I I know that my audience trusts me to a certain degree (laughs) at least I think they do I think you do and so I don't want to throw something your way that I don't haven't researched at all uh so I hope that helps I think promo swaps are great I don't recommend paying for promotional stuff like uh, promos on Facebook or Twitter or anything. From what I've seen, I've never done it. And from people I've spoken to who have, it doesn't seem to make that big of a difference and you end up spending money. I think word of mouth is the best way and promo swaps are a certain type of word of mouth. Um, so yeah, I, I would start there. Reach out to other shows to guest on or to do promo swaps with. And have a trailer. If you have a podcast right now that you just started and you don't have a trailer, go make one. I have, I cannot tell you how many shows I've reached out to over the years, smaller shows who I want to boost. And I'm like, hey, can I have your trailer to play on my show? And they don't have a trailer and they didn't know that you should have a trailer or, you know, and which is totally, I started out not knowing a single goddamn thing about podcasting. So I don't blame you, but go, I'm telling you now, go make a trailer, Um, make it 30 seconds to a minute. Um, I would do a minute. A lot of people have a minute trailer and a 30 second trailer that they can throw out depending on what the other show requires or asks for. Um, I only have my minute trailer because I don't know. But <laughs> so yeah, that's my advice. Next question. Hey, Shelby, I have a quick question. Did you do some type of voice acting lessons or are you just naturally this dramatic? <laughs> This one cracked me up. I know, I know what you mean, Erin. Thank you for the question. But uh, the fact that you said, "Have you always been this dramatic?" Uh, actually, yes, I have. I've always been pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry. If this, I think, did my mom send this in? Is this actually my mom? Um, <laughs> she'd tell you I've always been dramatic. Um, no, I have never had any professional voice acting lessons. Um, I've worked in Hollywood for a long, long time. I've never been an actor, so to speak. Like, I've never gone on auditions or anything like that. I was a background actor for a long time. Uh, If you listen to the last podcast on the left, I think Ben just made fun of background actors on the Alcatraz episodes, and uh, it was pretty funny. 
And I, before that, I was a makeup artist on the set of movies and TV shows and commercials and things. And so uh, I think I just kind of, from a very young age, I always wanted to be an actor or some sort of Hollywood something. And I guess I just picked it up. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know where I got this talent from. Um, I am hesitant to say that because I feel like it's going to invite a lot of people to email me and tell me I'm not talented. I don't know. Uh, I, I've never taken any lessons, though. I think I've just paid attention a lot. I've had the very um, good fortune to work around literally some of the greatest actors of our generation some incredible a-list directors and actors and i i really took the time to pay attention like really pay attention and i'm a writer as well and i i study people i'm weird i will study you if we are interacting with one another if i meet you in public i'm kind of studying you a little bit and i know that's weird so that's just something to know. If you ever decide to walk up to me, I will be studying you. I like people. I like to, you know, just observe people and the way they act. And so I think that's really that's really helped with voice acting. Um, I feel like because I pay so much attention to the way people act and the way people um, and like say things and their accents and their ways of their mannerisms and things I've just picked up it's a little bit easier to inc like embody that especially when it comes to I know voice acting is a it's it's its own monster because you're trying to convey so much without showing anything uh you know visually um so I it's flattering that you think I may have taken lessons but I have not uh if any of you are out there trying to get into voice acting I don't know how to tell you how to do it. I started a podcast and then from there I've gotten some great opportunities. Um, but that's my advice for if you're trying to be a better actor of sorts. Um, I, uh, I've gotten to do a little bit of acting um, in like TV shows. Uh, I got to be the, the snitch in an ID channel show where I was snitching on my boss who murdered his wife. That was pretty cool. Um, but uh, there have been a few things I've gotten to do. And I think, honestly, it really comes down to observing people. Don't be weird about it. And when I say I study people, I'm, I swear I'm not weird about it. Well, I guess that's... <laughs> that's I don't think I'm weird about it. Um, yeah, just pay attention to people's different mannerisms. Because you're trying to not be just yourself every single time. Especially when it comes to a show like mine. I'm trying to portray several different characters in one scene and it's just me <laughs> you know so I try different voices but I try not to sound goofy I don't ever try to change my voice so much that it takes you out of it because I sound ridiculous I I'm sure there have been times where it has and you've thought it was hilarious that I'm doing a certain voice like when I did a French accent for a whole episode I still can't believe I did that anyway um so yeah that's I, you didn't ask for advice. You just asked if I've ever taken voice lessons or if I've always been this dramatic. The answer is no and yes. Okay, next question. Have you drank your water today? Yes, I have. I have my giant cup of water right in front of me. Thank you for asking. Hey, Shelby. My name is Bones. I am 15 years old, heading for 16. I had two questions for you. One... 
Could you maybe someday read over Chilean folklore, like Chile, the country in South America? I'm from Chile, and maybe that would be very nice. Um, let's see. Also, the second thing, I was wondering if I heard your, that you're looking for applicants to read out your stories, and uh, I would like to apply, I guess. I am not the best um, voice actor, but I have a soothing reading voice according to my friends and peers. Um, I hope you get to hear this. I hope you have a great day. Yes, I have drinking water today. And I'm going to go paint now. Bye. Hi, Bones. First of all, you do have an incredibly soothing voice. I recommend getting into, if you're looking to getting into any sort of recording artistry, I recommend getting into ASMR or starting your own podcast or something of the sort because you do have an incredible voice. Um, very ASMR. I like it a lot. Um, I would love to... Uh, get into Chilean folk folklore, 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 folklore. <laughs> Sorry, I'd love to read Chilean folklore. Um, starting, you know, I I've been trying to I try to branch out every once in a while to different parts of the world. I really enjoyed the episode that I did where I went to all my top ten uh, countries that listen to the show. Uh, I got a lot of great feedback from that. And so I, I will, I'll branch out to other parts of the world. Uh, it was a lot of fun and I love hearing from people from those countries telling me more about, you know, uh, about what I didn't learn and some things that I might've gotten wrong or some things that I got right and that they like to expand upon. It's great. So yeah, I definitely look into that. As for the guests, I have actually heard this from a couple people and I've gotten a few emails about, uh, how I'm looking for guests for the show. And that's, I, I'm so sorry, but that is not something I've ever said. I have a collaboration coming up in the future that may include some guest uh, readers, but that is something very singular and very separate, and I haven't even announced it yet. So I I really have no idea where this, I, I feel like someone's spreading rumors about me. I don't know. Because, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've, I, you are not the first person to recently asked me about how I'm looking they know I'm looking for guest readers I'm not I'm just keep, I'm gonna keep the show as it is I've tried out guest readers before years ago and it didn't go over that great I don't think people hate it but I think they like my show for what it is there are a lot of shows out there horror shows podcasts like creepy and no sleep who use multiple voice actors and they're incredibly done and they're just phenomenal and I think that mine is just different because it's me just me reading you a bedtime story you know um so but I I highly encourage you to start something because you do you have a great voice and I am not just saying that you when I was listening to your message I was like wow this person could really do ASMR like wow this is great so yeah I encourage you to do that uh thank you I believe this is a multi- part question, multi-answered question, whatever. Um, did you always want to do a horror podcast um, or just a podcast in general? And if it was a podcast in general, um, what was the subject matter originally, if it was something different? Um, and then going on that, what finally made you decide on Scare You to Sleep specifically? Were there any other 
themes or any other ways that you were going to name or decide to do the show. Because um, scary to sleep is something very specific at nighttime for scary stories, and it just kind of makes sense. But was there any other thought processes or any other um, options out there that were on the table before deciding on that? So I been so long now i know i always wanted to do a podcast i'm pretty sure it was always i always lean towards a horror podcast um i got the idea to start my own podcast because a lot of people i know fall asleep to podcasts and that's why the sleep aspect came in was i was like i want to do something that people can actually fall asleep to without it you know someone laughing or suddenly screaming or anything like that just uh, you know, making some sort of noise uh, that would wake you up, you know. And because I know a lot of people love, uh, especially like I have mentioned a bajillion times, I listen to ASMR and I like I like ASMR where someone is speaking. There's something soothing about the sound of someone speaking. I don't know if it's just some like weird like childhood thing where you remember hearing your parents still up and talking in the next room while you fall asleep. I don't know what it is, but it's nice to hear gentle talking while you fall asleep. Um, so that the sleep part was already in my in the forefront of my mind. The horror aspect sort of was too. Um, I sent in some stories to the No Sleep podcast. I feel like I've told this story like so many times, but I'll tell it again. <laughs> so I apologize if you've heard me tell this already. Um, I sent in some stories to the No Sleep podcast. They accepted one. They actually did one. It was uh, the. I called it the Charred Man on my show, so you've all heard it, the Charred Man. On their show, it had the original title, which was a very clickbaity title that I used for the No Sleep subreddit. That was the Diary of the Terrifying Diary of a Woman with Cataplexy, which is such a mouthy or wordy title. It's ridiculous. Um, I changed it for my show to the Charred Man. Uh, I think they even took out a few words and made it a little more succinct. Um, it was great. They did my story. They even did my my story got to be the cover art. Someone drew the charred man as the cover art for that episode. It was so exciting, and I sent in a few more stories. Um, I sent in limes and the O'Mail Swamp Tour, and both of them got rejected, which is totally fine. At the time, I you know I was bummed, but I was like, that's their prerogative. It's their show. They pick what they want on their show, and so I had a lot of faith in these stories, and I was like, I gotta get them out somehow you know what? I love podcasts and I've been wanting to do like a sleep podcast and I wanted to do something with ASMR because ASMR has been so helpful to my own mental health over the years. And so I was like, why don't I combine them? It's very niche. I knew it was a very niche idea. I thought I would not get many listeners at all because I was like, how many weirdos out there would actually want to listen to scary stuff told in a soothing manner to fall asleep to. And turns out there are a lot of you weirdos out there. I love it. Look at all of us. Weirdo nation. Um, so I, that's kind of how it came together. I did have other ideas. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told this. My husband and I tried to start a podcast at one time where, uh, so TLC, uh, is known for their awful, you know, trash television, just garbage. I know it, I don't know if a lot of you out there know, but it used to be called the learning channel and then it was shortened to TLC just to make it a little shorter. And now I don't even think they go by the learning channel at all. Cause I don't know what you would learn from them, but <laughs> so they do this thing. They have this formula that I don't know if a lot of people notice they'll come out with shows that are quote unquote, like one-off documentaries. 
and then they'll just like go away and they're always on some crazy exploitative uh, subject matter and what those actually are is those are test pilots and instead of being like normal like sitcom shows where they have the pilot and then they send it out to see if like the executives want to watch it they will post this pilot as a documentary and it'll be like an hour long and then from there if that gets really good ratings then they'll turn it into a whole series that's how uh john and kate plus eight got started and i believe um sister wives uh, there's a couple shows that got started in that formula well (laughs) uh tlc their older app anyway i know now they're discovery plus i don't know how they works anymore my husband and i discovered that on the old tlc app they had tons of these garbage one-hour documentaries that were actually trailer or pilots uh but they don't they don't um market them as pilots they market them as documentaries and they're just so bad they're terrible and so we wanted to do a podcast where we just like reacted to them and we sort of started it and we got into a very like just marital argument that was like it's not a big deal it was not actually serious but we just like could not decide how we wanted the format of the show and then I started doing my show and it just that just kind of went out the window we just didn't do it anymore but that's the only other show that I like started sort of in the beginning anyway um so yeah yeah uh I think that answered I think that answered everything okay next question I got you for these questions have you ever considered having a guest perform another character in something that has been submitted or if i'm just not aware has that been done what episodes i have considered and i have had a guest uh on the show before it was speaking of the charred man episode it was in the charred man episode my husband played the husband (laughs) he played the husband um in the near the end when you hear the videotape or sorry the audio tape of uh, the protagonist's husband talking about the events that happened in the story. I'm trying not to give spoilers if some of you haven't heard that one, but that uh, that voice you hear is my husband's, and it um, it didn't like get bad reviews or anything. It was just I did have a lot of people who were like, "That was cool, but uh, can you go back to just you? Uh, can you just please go back to just you? I just like when you talk. I." Because I, it was such a still such a new show. I was feeling out what people wanted, and to me, I was like, "Oh, people want more voices because that'll sound fancier and more expensive. Like I can afford many voice actors." And it turned out people liked that I was telling the stories myself, and I didn't. I thought, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting that. It was a, it was a nice surprise um, that people were like, "No, we just like it when you tell the story because it's like." I had at, at the time. I haven't heard this in a while, but at the time, I had a lot of people said it. It reminded them of like their mom telling them a bedtime story, and kind of half heart, half heartedly doing some of the voices a little different and making noises and things. So, um, I have considered it, but uh, in the future, like I said, I have a collaboration possibly coming up that will have other voice actors. But that's really kind of a one-off. It's not something that I want to in- incorporate very often. Um, in the future, it'll be like maybe a once in a once in a blue moon thing if it there's a reason for it. 
but yeah thanks what is the story that or stories that have actually disturbed you when reading them and then having to actually um perform them for the show Ooh, so there was a brevity episode i did a while back and i can't remember which one it was uh but it had a story about a hot car death with a it was told from the perspective of the child dying in the hot car and that was intense i almost didn't put it on the show uh maybe shouldn't have i don't know uh it was it's real real bad um also more recently i've believe i've already mentioned it in this episode because someone asked me about stories that gave me nightmares and can i come in by tracy carvel was one of them um i recently actually my husband was out of town for a while and i was by myself and i don't live in the best of neighborhoods and like my neighbor got broken into while he was gone and it my building i i am not going to say much because i don't want to dox myself on accident uh which i almost did recently uh i don't know if i i think i tweeted about it i had a listener write to me about a giveaway i did that is secret if you know you know if you don't you don't but my recent giveaway that was secret um and i noticed their address they only live they live very close to me i'll say that very very close to me and i almost emailed back and said hey you're like my neighbor and then i was like nope that's that's stranger danger (laughs) don't don't do that so can i come in really got to me because uh I've always lived in apartments or uh, for most of my, my entire adult life, I've lived in apartments. And I think that that one real got really got to me because I've had creepy people come up to my door before. Uh, and I'm sure there are others, but those are the two that stick out the most though. Those were the top two that came up to my brain was the hot car one. And can I come in? Okay. Hi Shelby. I actually just started listening to you while I work um, just to kind of pass time. Your podcast really, truly <laughs> held on to me, um, and I've literally been binging your show. I work eight to four, um, five days a week, and all the entire time, unless I'm running medications up to a unit, I, I work in a hospital, um, you are in my earpiece. But anyways, I just wanted to say that you truly have a knack for this, and I guess my question would be, what inspired you to start? This question comes from Maricela. I think that's what you said your name was on the track. I downloaded all of these, so I don't have all of your names right in front of me. Um, first of all, I'm glad that I can be of any comfort to an essential worker such as yourself. Um, working in a hospital, I'm sure that the squishy episodes don't bother you much, so that's cool. I've already kind of answered the question of what made me start earlier, so... I think I'm going to talk about a little bit about why I got into podcasts in general. Um, So I started listening to podcasts probably in, I think it was 2012. Uh, I know they've been around a lot longer than that, but uh, around 2012. So at the time, my husband and I were very broke. We were... 
Oh, we were so poor. It was ridiculous. And we had one TV that went out. It broke. And we um, couldn't afford to fix it or to replace it at the time. And we... I, I don't know why I was Googling or something and I discovered podcasts. <laughs> I discovered podcasts and I was like, hey, we could play these out loud while we like eat dinner and stuff and it'll be like old-timey radio and him and I are both into old-timey things so it was kind of a like oh, this is a cool thing to do for now like until we get a TV again and the first one I listened to was Sawbones with Justin and Sydney McElroy and uh, from there I branched out to a bunch of others and you know, this is something I actually forgot to say at the beginning I did have a podcast before years ago. I doubt my brother's going to listen to this, um, but my brother and I started a podcast called John at the Bar, and it's an inside little thing because him and I both love the song um, Piano Man and uh, by Billy Joel. So we had this podcast called John at the Bar where we would just kind of talk about whatever we tried to talk about. We tried to like make a video game podcast, but again, I was really broke at the time, so I couldn't afford new video games. Um, so I was not much help with like the latest and greatest. Uh, I was like, uh, I'm playing a uh, candy crush right now on my phone. <laughs> Literally. I would talk about candy crush because I couldn't afford other video games. Um, and I was also, we were also sharing a car. My husband worked in the city and I was, we lived in the Valley of LA. And so I would walk to work and podcasts became this beautiful thing where like I would walk my miles to work and be sweaty and gross by the time I got there but podcasts just made me happy they got me through it it was whenever I I and I'll play them towards the end some of the notes that are just complimentary and some of you talk about it feeling like I'm a friend I 100% understand that and I 100% don't think it's weird I've had people say I don't know if it's weird but like I feel like you're a friend of mine I completely understand that. I know a lot of creators these days are vocalizing against, you know, parasocial relationships, and I 100% support them because sometimes parasocial relationships can get a little intense. But I also, coming from someone who was broke and walking to work in the sun and just miserable at my job and miserable with my life in general podcasts felt like I had people surrounding me that made me happy. Like they were just there to make me laugh and let me know information and like teach me things. And they mean a lot to me in general. I'm so happy that this has become my career because podcasting, it means so much to me. It was there for me in such a bad, bad, bad part of my life. And I, knowing that maybe I can be that good part of your day in a bad part of your life it means so much to me and that's my goal is to bring you joy in some way and I used to talk more about this but I really want to be an escape for you I want the show I want you to I know it's scary but to visit this scary world that's not real and just get lost in it and be visit these things that you know, you can turn the monsters off at the end of the day. You can't do that in real life. You can't turn those monsters off. But with my show, you know that it's not real. And at the end of the episode, it's just going to be me again with some rain sounds talking about what I baked that week, you know? And 
I don't know. Oh my God. I'm like kind of choking up a little bit. Podcasting means a lot to me. And I know that was not your question, but I, like I said, I answered that a little while ago and I kind of wanted to talk about that. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy I can be a positive part of your lives basically. Okay. I'm going to go to the next question. Ah, Hi, Shelby. This is Brittany Bond. First of all, I love you, and I feel like you're one of my best friends. I hope that's not creepy. I know it probably is. Um, anyway, I guess what I want to ask you today is, um, what is your all-time favorite sweet treat that you have ever baked? Thank you. Ooh, a uh, favorite sweet treat to bake that's hard uh it just depends on my mood you know those cookies that i mentioned a few weeks ago those espresso salted uh chocolate chip ones those were amazing and i can see why everyone so many people asked me for the recipe and i'm so glad you did okay one of my favorite comfort foods to bake or sweet treats is the chocolate cinnamon roll that I've mentioned so many times. The recipe is somewhere in the Facebook group, but I can always post it again because it's something that my mom's family bakes um, almost every year for holidays. And um, it's it's delicious, first of all. It's a, it's a chocolate cinnamon roll. And it's not super sweet. And uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate less like like cloyingly sweet things. Um, the next one, I'm going to say one of my proudest moments was the first time I ever made creme brulee. I had creme brulee for the first time when I was a kid with a friend of mine whose parents took me to this fancy restaurant and they ordered us creme brulee. I'd never even heard of it. I'd never seen it. And I became in like obsessed with it. It was just, it's, I think I, I could still say it's my favorite dessert. It's just so beautifully simple, you know, just like a vanilla bean creme brulee and I the first time I made it myself the first time I realized like it's totally doable to make at home and it's not just like a fancy restaurant food I was so excited I was so excited and I still make it every once in a while the only problem is that uh, I always end up deciding at like 9 p.m. I'm like I want creme brulee right now it does not take that long to make but you have to let it sit in the fridge for at least four to six hours or something like that so it can set up. And so I haven't made it much lately because I usually, like I said, I end up wanting it at like nine o'clock and it's like, well, unless I want to eat it at like 1 p- one a.m., which I have done before. I have absolutely made it at 9 p.m. and then waited until like one or two a.m. to eat it. I have done that. Um, but yeah, I think those are, those are my answers. Those aren't even the ones that I make the most often. But um, I, I make chocolate chip cookies all the time, my mom's recipe. Um, but yeah, I think those are my favorites. But I also try to diversify a lot, especially lately. I've been trying to make like a lot of different stuff. Um, if you have any of your favorite recipes, send them over. I'm always looking to make new creative things in my kitchen. Hi, Shelby. My name is Kaylin, and I'm a college student at Columbia University. I love listening to your podcast. I think it's amazing, and I do listen to it to fall asleep at night. And I have a few questions. I'm curious about why you started the podcast and how you got into horror in the first place. And where can I find the recipes that you always mention because they sound so delicious? Thank you. 
Hi, Kaylin. Um, first of all, congrats for getting into Columbia. I know that's not easy. That's amazing. Like, that's so cool. Uh, that's, you know, I, I barely graduated from high school. I literally almost did not. So that is so crazy impressive to me. Um, I already went over why I got into the podcast. I got into horror at a, at a young age. Um, my family is, they're all pretty into horror and like the paranormal and true crime and all of that. So from a very young, I can't even remember when I got into it, to be honest. Um, my brother and I both have always loved like spooky stories and horror movies. Same with my parents. And, um, I can't remember a time when I wasn't into horror and I've always just had an affinity for it. Like whenever we go to like a theme park, if there's like a haunted house or a spooky thing, I was always like drawn to it. Same with, um, I mean, just even in literature and things, I mostly read things that were scarier, like growing up, all I read was Anne Rice and Stephen King. <laughs> and I know a lot of like book aficionados are rolling their eyes because I know, um, Anne Rice and Stephen King are considered so basic, but I, I loved them. And, um, I've just always, yeah, kind of been drawn to the spookier aspects of basically everything. Even like cartoons growing up, like I will remember the scary episodes of cartoons whenever they'd have like a Halloween special and things like that. Um, as for baking, I, you know, I don't post all my recipes. Um, not that they're always my recipes. Most of the time there's someone else's or I've adapted it from someone else's recipe. But um, I will start posting them more often, especially like I mentioned in the last question, that cookie recipe that I mentioned and so many people ask me for it. So I think maybe it'd be cool to start week to week if I remember, because um, I usually, like I said, I bake like one thing a week. And um, if I can start posting it somewhere for everyone to see, maybe on the website, maybe I'll start a recipe corner. Oh, maybe that, that'll be good. Maybe like I'll start like a recipes tab on the website and because the website needs to be revamped anyway it's it's atrocious right now um and you can go find the recipes i've used because like i said most of them aren't mine and if i did adapt them maybe i'll put a little note saying this is what i did um yeah thank you kaylin hey shelly this is amy um i tried ordering your merch from t public t republic t public one of your websites for your for your merch but they don't deliver to guam so i was wondering how i'll be able to um purchase your merch just because i want to get um your merch <laughs> i want to be able to wear your merch here on island so i can spread it out more here on the island um yeah just email me you know my email already pearldahoya1991 at gmail.com um yeah that's pretty much it thanks hi amy and to anyone else who is having issues with having the merch sent to your country i didn't know that was an issue i had no idea that t public did not ship worldwide uh and i'm going to talk to them about that uh i will let you all know publicly um i don't have the in the contact info for you amy from this voice note i know that it only lets you put in your your name um but i'll let everyone know publicly if i can get see if i can get around t public get them to i don't know ship to guam and ship 
to wherever else they're not shipping to. And I apologize for that. I didn't realize that they were limited like that. Um, so I'll get back to you on that. Hello, this message is for Shelby Scott. I work for the Chamber of Commerce of Dome, Arizona, and I was wanting to put you on the top 10 celebrities to come out of Dome, Arizona. It's for our zine that we put out monthly, and I think you'd be a great, great addition. I just wanted to get more information about uh, how long you've been living in Arizona and what you think of the people, you know, things like that. Um, You'll be featured along with uh, Zumi, the masturbating cat, um, local legend. And uh, I would just hope to hear back from you. Uh, Give me a call back. Thank you. Bye. (sighs) This is from my friend Jeremy, who has started a birther movement against me telling everyone that I'm lying about being from Southern California and that I'm actually from Arizona, but I'm ashamed of being from Arizona. Well, like Australian country singer Jamie O'Neill says, there is no Arizona, so how can I be from there? Huh? Explain that. Anyway, those of you in the Facebook group know him as the mod Jeremetrius Brownstone, so go bully him. Gaslight him and tell them that there is no Arizona. Also, go follow his band, Gold Tides, on Spotify. They're a fantastic band. Don't tell him I told you this. I know he's not listening anyway, but I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's, it's They're a really good band, and I'm going to go see them soon. Hopefully, when they come to San Diego in October, I'm going to go see them, and I'm so excited, but don't tell him I said that I was excited. Don't tell him that. But before I go, I was born in El Centro, California, just like Cher, and no one can take that away from me. Hey, Shelby. I love your guided nightmares. I love them. I love them. You ask for ideas. Can you do one on a walk through a graveyard? And then I love the one of um, you in your bed because, I mean... Oh my God, that's the scariest thing ever. Okay, I love you. You're awesome. Thanks for making the podcast and for hearing my suggestion. A walk through a graveyard is a fantastic idea. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, that will. De- that's definitely going to happen in the future. And I've been thinking about revisiting the laying in bed one because I think that one was so effective and since it was my first I feel like I've grown since then and I can do it even better but I wasn't sure if anyone would want another laying in bed one I don't know we're gonna I'm excited okay thank you for your suggestions those are great I love you too bye-bye okay folks um I believe that is the end of all the actual questions and what is left is an outpouring of love Uh, just so much every single one of these messages I've listened to over and over again and I cannot begin to tell you how much they mean to me I'm speechless I'm not going to put comments in between all of them just because I feel like it would be a lot of me just saying thank you over and over again and no one wants to hear that uh, I'm going to put them all at the end. It's so funny. I, I thought about not doing this, but then um, 
I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts is Ono Ross and, Ono Ross and Carrie, and they recently had their 10 year anniversary and they did a similar episode, um, sort of celebration and they had people call in and they actually played a lot of the, these beautiful thank yous and well wishes at the end. And I listened to every single one of them. There's something they, it, it moved me. It's like, even though they weren't for me, they were for Ross and Carrie to hear that so many other people were as touched and uh, felt such a, in such a loving way towards these podcast hosts who, like I said before, start to feel like friends. It really meant a lot. And so I'm going to play them all here at the end. Um, they, I, I can't even, I don't, this is why I wasn't going to compliment on every single one of them. I don't even know what to say. I, I really don't. Uh, I've talked a lot about myself in this episode. I've opened up a lot. And so to go from where I was before to here and for, yeah, oh my God, I'm sorry, to hear these messages and to get so much love and to know that I'm bringing happiness to people. I didn't mean to, I wasn't going to end this like this. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I can't tell you how much it all means to me. I really can't. I, I, I hope that you all can feel the love that I feel from all of you. And I hope you feel it back. And I'm probably not making any sense right now. I just am so touched. By all of this, I can't believe where I am today. I really can't. And <laughs> I'm going to... <sighs> okay, I gotta breathe. Um, I'm going to let you all send off the show. Like I usually do every week. I usually do the outro. And this week, you're doing the outro. And just thank you so much. And <sighs> I love you. Uh before I go and let you all take over, I just wanted to say, go drink some water, um, go get some sleep and sweet dreams. Now, presenting all of you. Hi, Shelby. This is Virus from Singapore. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. It really changed my life. I listen to you day and night, binging on you. And um, I'm just glad that I, I have this outlet to listen, to de-stress when I listen. And I'm doing the laundry exercising and listening to you. And thank you for advising us to have more water. And um, hope everything goes well at your, over your country down there. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Hey, I just wanted to tell you i watched your most recent or i heard your most recent podcast about the yellow wallpaper and you kind of started talking towards the end about your own struggle with mental illness and i'm studying to be a school counselor so it was awesome to kind of hear you know this podcast advocating for mental health and you know having awareness of that and i just want to say that like i really appreciate you sharing your struggles and your most recent bout and I'm glad that you were able to figure out your medication and stuff and I'm really glad that you're you feel like comfortable enough to share that with your um, listeners because it's important to you know like normalize it like people go through that kind of stuff 
Um, my name's Jessica, and I am an avid listener. Uh, I just wanted to say that I am so grateful for what you do, um, and thank you. Yeah. I just started listening to this podcast. I know I'm a couple of years, or I don't even know when it started, but I know I'm late to the party, and I, I don't foresee you being able to use this in any sense of the word, but I wanted you to know I'm obsessed. This is so good. This is so good. These stories are incredible. You you tell them so well. Thank you so much. And I, I'm sorry I'm late to the party, but I got some binging to do, and I'm looking forward to it. Cheers, and thank you so much. Hi, Shelby. This is Tanya. I'm from Morgantown, West Virginia. I recently found your podcast over the last month or so, and I just wanted to let you know I love your podcast. I listen to it almost every night and usually can't wait for the next Thursday episode to come out. So I hope you keep doing what you're doing. I really enjoy it. And drink some water. Have a good night. Hi, Shelby. This is Erica from Houston, and I love the story that I just heard. I think it was awesome. I live in Texas, so the story that I just heard kind of lined up with what we sort of experienced here um, during the storm. But I loved it. Thank you. Not the maggot stuff, though. Um, hey, uh, I'm Kay, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm a teenage listener, and I absolutely love your voice and how you recite things. It's just so cool. Um, uh, yeah, I'm kind of nervous doing this, so, uh, yeah. I, you're my first, um, kind of like an idol. I look up to you a lot, and I want to say I love you so, so much. Thank you for um, doing so much for everyone here and, you know, all this show. This is so great. I just love it a lot. Scare You to Sleep is, like, the only thing I listen now. So, um, yeah. And you're just, you're so, you're brilliant. And um, that's it, okay? Thank you. Bye. Um, hi. So, my name is Ash, and I just wanted to say your show has helped me so much so for most of my life i've been plagued with really bad nightmares night terrors horrible apparitions that haunt me after i close my eyes and ever since i found your podcast oddly enough my nightmares have decreased in intensity and i have not had as much recently so i found that by listening to scary to sleep I am being less scared in my sleep, which is really cool. And anyway, I'm a huge fan. So thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're doing. And keep it up. I'm so excited for new episodes. Hi, Shelby. My name is Zach. Say them. I, I just wanted to say thank you for reading all of these stories for me to listen to and for everyone else to listen to. You have a fantastic voice and... Everything you do with like voice modulation and and the sound effects that you do and the, the ASMR stuff, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, the the bits where you ask the listener if they've drank water today, you know, sometimes I haven't. When you say that, so I get up and drink water, and it's just been it's just been great listening to everything that you've done. It is something that I look forward to every week and. It's it's brought a lot of it's brought a lot of light into my life, and I am very grateful for that. 
I, I hope you can you can keep doing it for as long as possible. I will I will absolutely keep listening and try to convince other people. Hi, Shelby. I just want to let you know that I think you're really awesome, and I really look up to you. You are one spooky chick, and I respect the hell out of you, and I admire what you do. And personally, I would love it if you kept doing it, and I'm sure a lot of other people would. But at the end of the day, I just hope that you keep doing what makes you happy. And as long as you're happy and healthy, that's what's important. And you're kind of like the big sister I never had. Tell me some spooky shit. So thank you for all that you do. Hey, Shelby. Um, I started listening to the podcast when I was looking for something to listen to when I fall asleep. I used to listen to Ocean Waves, sometimes some guided meditation. I found your podcast. Um, And the first episode worked well. You have a very soothing voice. It was lovely. Probably about the third or fourth episode, uh, instead of falling asleep, I... I started to fall asleep, but then you said something in one of the stories, I think it was the one about the orphanage, and my eyes, like, popped open. And then I had to sit up and finish the story, and so now I no longer listen to them when I'm going to sleep, unless it's a guided nightmare. Um, I now listen to them as part of my everyday routine. I absolutely adore this podcast. You're one of my favorites, and uh, thanks for everything you do. Hi, Shelby. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for your wonderful podcast. Um, I'm someone who suffers from a lot of mental health issues and, you know, sleep disorders. And uh, your podcast has just been very helpful to me to be able to fall asleep, um, especially to something spooky, which is totally my vibe. And I love it, Um, especially the guided nightmares. Those are my absolute favorites. My, like, ideal evening routine is just to sleep under my weighted blanket with my noise canceling headphones and just listen to the guided nightmares because they really honestly put me out which is so nice and so refreshing so thank you for all that you do and you're an amazing i love your voice your voice is so soothing and so amazing and you're just amazing thank you Hey, Shelby. My name is Zero, and this is really weird because I spent the past two months literally just binge listening to you just talk and tell stories. So it's kind of a weird concept for you to hear my voice for once. But I don't even know how I stumbled across your podcast, but I fell in love immediately and literally listened to all 150-plus episodes in entirely too short of a time. Um, But I just wanted to say... Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You made me start writing again just because I want to finish something literally just to submit it to you, just to hear you read it and see what you can do with it. So thank you. A recurring dream that I had when I was a teenager was of a ghostly figure in a dark gray hallway in a cold house. Sometimes I would have the dream about the place and I wouldn't see the creature in there. And then other times I would have it and I just knew I would run into it. Anyway, I had that recurring dream a handful of times, and it was always scare me. I haven't had it since then, but you know what? Sometimes I worry that I'm going to go to sleep, and I'm going to have that dream again and see that creature. This ghost thing sort of made out of triangles of light. 
and it's kind of like a cold silver energy and i don't know why that scared me so much uh but anyway yeah i figure you would like oh, hearing that from me i'm josh by the way we've we've talked on email sometime um i really enjoy your show i just want to say thank you i appreciate this well have a nice evening goodbye <laughs>